8pm. What a perfect time for cricket to be on the telly and therefore means you have time to finish work, head to the gym or check in with loved ones before popping off to our sponsors, the Yorkshire Hotel, for the very first session. On the corner of Langridge Street and Pine Road and Abbotsford, it could very well be your new cricket-watching hotspot because the fireplace there is very, very warm. And speaking of warm, my fellow Nuffy next to me has been spending the last couple of days getting fired up for the cricket to get underway and to get a couple of things off his chest. Big Baz, how's life treating you, mate? Um, look, I'm a bit baffled about summer selection with the Aussies, but uh, we'll get to that later. But other than that, I'm pretty good. Yeah, are you ready for cricket to be back? Are you, are you ready for it? I'm excited for the Ashes. Yeah. yeah after this point with the World Cup, and I'm excited for Test cricket to be back, and I'm excited for the Ashes. I'm looking forward to this because I think that if uh, things go away and, and we get our selections right, that we are a, a pretty good chance of regaining the Ashes on foreign soil, which would be a good feeling in Australian cricket, I feel. Definitely. And something that we need after, obviously, Sandpaper Gate and not all overperforming and then underperforming at the World Cup all at the same time, which was very interesting. And great segue to our World Cup review. First off, let's go macro. So the whole tournament, there was a bit of a kerfuffling amongst the nuff-nuffs. Even probably people even more nuffy than we are. Oh, we need second-tier nations. We need the associates. What do you think of the actual structure of the 10-team tournament? I didn't mind it. My biggest gripe with the World Cup was the fixturing and the everyone plays each other once and there was no reserve day like there was in the finals for the group games. Yeah. So uh, you know, Bangladesh, Pakistan, who just missed out, missed out on games against Sri Lanka, arguably probably would have won those games. And even Sri Lanka, you know, they weren't that far away either. They could have played those two games at once. They've taken their, you know, their chance of finishing in the top four away. Um yeah, it would have been a good for England to miss out and Pakistan and Bangladesh to get in. It would have meant someone else would have won the World Cup. Uh, that was my only issue with the World Cup format. And I think it also went for a bit too long. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely dragged. And even though that some teams created some upsets and it uh, added a bit more spice to the end of the World Cup group stage, everyone pretty much knew by halfway who the top four teams were uh, and you know who was going to play in the finals. And it got, felt a bit like the BBL of last year where it just dragged on a bit. Uh, but other than that, uh, the, you know, the conditions were pretty good for both batting and bowling. We saw good scores. Maybe we saw if you bowl well, you could you know, have an effect. I think spinners played a different part in the World Cup. They were more of a negating sort of uh, hold and end up sort of um, use. And the quicks definitely fighters, especially left-arm quicks, had a great tournament. But, uh, yeah, I think the game quality was okay. If it had had the... Um, like islands, yeah. islands and stuff like that probably would have dropped off again I think Afghanistan were good in patches but you can see the difference between you know the top five or six nations and you know, even Sri Lanka to a certain extent and West Indies as well um, although I think you just got to question the West Indies sort of attitude and professionalism more so than their talent mm. as Afghanistan you know had a you know, limited ability to have a red up crack but it's just their they're not fit enough and they're feeling let them down and stuff like that and then Sri Lanka just lack quality. So I think, yeah, that's where the interesting part would have been if it had broken up into four groups of four or that kind of thing and then done your more traditional soccer World Cup group stage and then a longer knockout period. Yeah. Obviously, you get rid of the – it exposes the minnows and then they have to perform for three or four games, which I think in Afghanistan maybe would have been a shout at pinching a top two spot in one of those yeah. groups and then – being a fan at the knockout stage, not having to play nine games. And get flogged. And get flogged in the later stages because they've never played that much cricket before in a, in a certain period of that high intensity. So. I, think, I think it's good for their exposure. And 100%. Good for their brand. I think they really perform really, really well. 
you know, you off uh, India, they need off of Pakistan. You know, they're competitive in bits and parts of games. They're bowling. They've got probably two or three of the best spinners in the world. Um, their batting, you know, really lacks a lot of depth, and that's what hurt them. Uh, and they lack to have a medium pace so they can do something as well. But, you know, I thought it was great seeing them play. And it would have been good to see, like, you know, Ireland and those sorts of nations as well. But, yeah, how, how many nations can you have in that sort of format? I think 10 was probably spot on. Yeah. I'd probably even cull it back and have a shot. You know, like, like we're going to have now with the, the Test Championship, maybe we do something like that with the World Cup, with the, sorry, the one-day well, that's what we're saying. Yeah, you, yeah. And you say World Cup, and that's what we should do. Again, replicate the FIFA model. Probably the only thing that FIFA does well is that the World Cup actually goes for four years. Yeah. So you, you have to qualify to get to the World Cup finals. Yeah. So there should only be 18. Like we've kind of worked out from that tournament that there's only enough There's only enough top-class teams for about eight. So everyone plays other once, reserve days. That, that would how it would work, and you yep. play a top four playoff in a, in a, in a knockout system. Yep. But you actually call it the World Cup, and you, then every game that you're playing in the one-day setting actually means something. And, yeah, hopefully with a less complicated uh, points system than the World Cup of uh, Test cricket. Test but group, we'll yeah. get to that well, even later like, on. Yeah, you've got teams like Bangladesh and Sri are playing one-day cricket now already. Like, mm. this finished the World Cup. Like, surely they wanted to play Test cricket or something else. But, no, one-day T20s, and then there's a – Best of Asia versus India, one day game came as well. It's just, yeah, it's meaningless cricket, but obviously uh, in the subcontinent, it People gets, watch it. gets a lot of TV rights and a lot of TV money. So. And it's more meaningful than the uh, European cricket league. Yes, so shout, yes, out, yes. shout out to that. All right, we'll get to the Aussies then. Aussies' performance, what's your grade? Um, did they exceed expectations? Yes. And then, so it's just the chance. I think for the way, yeah. So a grade for mine would be like B plus. Because coming in, you said, and you owe, I think, 30,000 people a, bit, a slab now. <laughs> uh, you said they wouldn't make the top four. There's no chance. You're having a laugh, Gordon. I did so, so I'll accept that. Um, that would be Cricketers Arms, the yeah, green bottles. Yeah, Thank you very much. Well, when I said that, that was probably a month or so out from the World Cup. That was when Smith and Warner were still, you know, 70% chance yeah. of playing. And I, I, to be honest with you, I did not think Warren would come in and do what he did and hats off to him. I didn't think Steve Smith would come in and do what he did and hats off to him. Being out of cricket for so long, especially you know, high-level cricket. But I thought we got our, our squad wrong, totally wrong. What The squad we picked was, um, you know, there was bowling. It wasn't wasn't enough variations in our bowling and, and our batting was very same-same. It was like, you know, we, if we drop Maxi, who do we bring in? Mm. There's no one else that's dynamic. There was no Darcy Short. There was no... Chrisley, there wasn't anyone that had that dynamic hitting power. And even, you know, our opening bats, you look, oh, well, Finch and Warner did well. You know, you, you back Smithy in. They're like, where was Travis Head? Like, Travis Head should have been there. Um, someone of that ilk who, you know, plays good one-day career, plays lots of shots and, and then can explode. We didn't have that. We had Usman Kawaja, you know, good player, don't get me wrong, but he's not really a one-day batsman who can then explode. And mm. Steve Smith as well, like, He'll go to strike over 100, 110, but he won't go to 150, 160. And we relied too heavily on Maxwell for that. Stoinis has a sinker, and I think, you know, it, without seeing how, she's a very overrated cricketer, in my opinion, in all formats. Hmm. Um, and then our bowling attack, you know, relied heavily on Stark and Cummins, and then, you know, we did take Hazel with us, so we kept trying to find that third seam and struggled, and I thought Berendorf did a good job. Um, but even he's limited. We see that with T20 cricket. He generally opens a ball in T20 cricket, bowls out his four overs, never comes back at the end. Yeah. So if he didn't you know, work first up, we wouldn't 
Bull and Strife, and Vine did a great job, but um, Zampa's probably a bit unlucky. But yeah, I just think our squad wasn't really. We picked correct. up, we picked doubles of everything, really. Yeah. So we had two people in that kind of anchor role with with Kawaja and Smith. We really only needed Smith. Smith was always going to be the better of those two batsmen. I think the top, yeah. And then, like, yeah, we didn't really tick another opener. We only took Warner, and then one of Kawaja had to be up there, so yeah. that didn't make much sense. And then, yeah, bowlers, we picked two Starks, so Stark and Stark's deputy. Yeah. We picked kind of two Maxwell, sort of with Stornis and Maxwell. And, yeah, we didn't have those utility players because head, head would have been perfect as, like, a linchpin around that, who in many ways is, like, a better version of Donny. He can, he can play both roles. He's, wow. he's a... Yeah, he's a guy that can come in at four for bloody nothing, for bloody nothing, and then kick on late in the innings, or he can come in when it's all set up for him and explode from the get go. We, we need Finch or Warner pretty much to bat through the innings for us to make a big score mm. because you know, Maxwell wasn't in great form, Storms wasn't in great form, and Smith and and Kawaja aren't going to hit big yeah. balls. So you need pretty much Warner or, or Finch to bat through it. You know, both of them made hundreds, both of them made a lot of runs, but they didn't bat through the innings. They got to over 30, 35. Mm. And then when it came to exploding, we didn't have the batting depth to do it. And, you know, a lot of teams picked two or three all-rounders who could do both the job with batting balls. We only had really one, maybe one and a half. And it exposes for that, you know, your fifth bowl and all that sort of stuff as well. So I think uh, it's it's an ongoing problem we have at the moment with our, with our selection of teams and squads. And I think they've got the right squad actually together, apart from probably one or two very, very stiff for the Ashes uh, squad, but I, I think again they're going back to what looks like. Um, we'll get to it, I suppose a bit later, but it looks like they go back to a few tried players that haven't really lived up to expectation, haven't uh, gone and banged the door down. But because they're their favourites of the coach or whatever, then they're going to get another crack. But yeah, I just think um, yeah, our selection cost us probably a chance of winning. Hmm. If, uh, we made the top four. I think that was above what we should have done, or what we. Probably. Above what that squad should have done, really, and it got carried. Yeah. Definitely got carried by Finch and Warner. Yeah, so. uh, And the last one, do you think the World Cup has done anything for one-day cricket? So obviously we had the greatest non-test game of all time yeah. with the World Cup final. Yeah. We had enough upsets to make that tournament exciting. We had two – well, we had a great semifinal with the New Zealand-India uh, semifinal as well, yeah. which would have been arguably probably top ten. World Cup games of all time until we had the final. Yeah. Which now just makes everything seem totally normal and play. Yeah, actually, I, I enjoyed it, the, especially would, the finals. But, yeah, do you go back and do you go into World Cup, one-day cricket now and go, well, yeah, one-day cricket? No, I don't watch one-day cricket or really in T20 international cricket because it means nothing. As I watch the one-day World Cup, because I, I know that, you know. You don't win a World Cup at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. But one-day cricket and T20 cricket, even like franchise cricket, BBR, I'll, I'll watch it. From a, and, you know, because I love cricket and I watch it on the TV and I might have a, 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 a vested interest if I'm a punt or something, but I don't really, you know, what, I'll obviously watch it for to try and get my uh, my name out there a bit more with, as a cricket nuffy, but to write reviews and previews and stuff. But, yeah, I don't really uh, enjoy that sort of format. Yeah, and, like, bilateral one-day cricket's completely different to normal one. Oh, not normal, like, World Cup one-day cricket. So we came in expecting scores of 300-plus every single time and teams should just batter sixes, and it wasn't yeah. that. It wasn't It wasn't a really long T20 game. It was, it was probably, like, test cricket and T20 cricket coming together in a shortened format. And it makes perfect sense for a tournament. Like, because you can't play 
you can't play 40 tests in a month. No. And you can play 41 days. Yeah, and obviously pressure and everything like yeah. changes it and players playing by themselves. So, you know, I like World Cup of cricket for one-day cricket and I'll probably watch, you know, stuff like where there's a, a, a champion at the end over a month or so, which I think we're going to talk a bit later about the new fixturing system for Cricket Australia this summer, which will be great. They've actually worked out for themselves. Um yeah, you know, I can I can get into that because it's gotten a winner, but I'm not like in absolutely invested in it. As the World Cup, I was invested because you know Australia can win the World Cup. I want to watch that. Even with the final, you know England uh, and New Zealand. I wanted New Zealand to win. I wanted to watch so I can give my point match crap. But yeah. The Ashes, the greatest rivalry in sport. It's unparalleled drama. It's agony. Ecstasy. And it is one of the most fantastic victories. More than a century of uncompromising struggle. Speaking of things we are fully invested in, time to preview the ashes. And uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times already. We're brimming at the uh, at the same to get into it. The obvious question is who is in your Aussie eleven? But first off, who was stiff to miss the squad? I think Patterson was pretty stiff. Curtis Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was very, very stiff for what he did. Uh, over at home, and mm-hmm. he say this a couple of times, and, you know, I, I think he was pretty stiff. Well, um, Puck should have probably stayed over there. I mean, good experience for him, but also, I'm not sure, you know. What his workload or what his, yeah, yeah. what the uh, idea is there. And obviously, I think the other one was obviously Kerry. I think Kerry should have been added to the squad. Uh, as a backup keeper, as a backup keeper, because I mean, obviously he's, he's over there playing. He's, he's playing the second half of the season, mm. and playing the Vitality Blast and all that stuff. So he's over there anyway, which is fine. But uh, I think Wade needs to be seen as a bat, bat and bat first. And, and if something does happen to Payne, then I think Carey should still take the gloves and and, and play as a keeper batsman. Uh, I think Wade should just be in the team purely as a bat. Uh, he can field, he can hell if he wants to bowl a few overs, he can bowl a few overs. But I, I don't think. He should be taking over as the next keeper. You know, she give Carey a crack at it if something happens to pain. And then, you know, there's there's a lot of good keepers coming through our system that uh, need to be – we shouldn't go back to wait if you don't get Yeah, 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 I know what I mean. Uh, what about Joe Burns? Made chocolate of runs. He's made runs for the, in the A squads and in the 11 squads. I, I still think he has a fundamental problem going hard at the ball. And in these conditions, uh, I don't think he'd be very successful against the England bomb attack. Because he pushes out, he gets out, caught at first, slip a lot, uh, caught at second, slip a lot. And I just think that, yeah, why he did well in Australia, I just don't think the conditions over here. Even though he has done well over here as well. What, in county cricket? Oh, and in the tour games, with the Australia A tour games and the Australia 11 versus England Lions. Well, I, Again, some of the bowlers he'd be facing if he did well, play the Ashes. Well, obviously that doesn't count because... Uh, well, it's a mid play, he's playing the squad, but I'm just yeah. saying surely he's stiff as well. I, I don't think... If Patterson's stiff, he didn't even get he didn't even play in half these games. I think, surely the bloke who's playing in the games and misses out on squad selection is even stiffer. Uh, probably, but I just don't think that... You just don't rate him, that's fair enough. I don't rate him, no. No. All right. So I think there are... A, a fair few locks, which is interesting enough, and you're, I'm going to I'm going to give you your kudos here. You've been on this guy's train for a long time. I'm about to join you, but the obvious locks are mine: Warner and Smith, who come in at one and four. Yeah. Uzi retains his spot at three. Test cricket's his jam. If I was going to almost say, don't pick me for the Padana stuff. Like, just let's forget what, me was, as a one-day cricket. Yeah, I'll just play Test and then, and then domestic. 
T20s and sure. I've got a little opinion on this one for this first test anyway. Yeah. Uh, Tim Payne, obviously captain, bats at seven. And then the two bowlers, uh, Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon, absolute gimmies. And then number five, I reckon it should always be a lock now, Travis Head. Yeah. And I looked at this because I was surprised. I was doing my doing the stats this afternoon. I was like, who has made the most runs for Australia in the last 12 months of test cricket for Australia? Travis Head. Eight matches, 14 innings, 663 runs with a high score of 161, and an average of 51, strike rate of 51, one century, five fifties. And uh, he's a guy that can do it all. He can attack when the games need to be attacked. He can defend. He's, he can defend. It doesn't look pretty, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. Who cares? Gone are the days of classical-looking cricketers. You need to have your little quirks. And his, his numbers prove the fact. So you can go, oh, he's no X, but he stacks up. He's been proven over a long, a long enough period of time to say, give him the – have faith in him, potentially future skipper – Oh, Who knows? Like for what, I know you're all about it. You're, he's basically your favourite cricketer. Well, given what he did as a young player at South Australia when they were going through utter turmoil mm. and where he's got to, yes, he should be converting. He has a big problem in first-class cricket with converting his 50s. He so does Jay Root, and he's the third best bat in the world. So. Yeah. so that's one thing he needs to fix up. But I think with Smith and Warner on his side, him batting at five, it just it takes a lot of pressure off him. So... Imagine, you know, batting at five and we're three or four for not many every time he was playing. Mm. He came out, stuck around, did most weeks, or most tests, sorry, did what he needed to do. Having a Smith or a Warner there and he'd come in and hopefully a bit later in the innings, he gets a bit more freedom, he's a bit more relaxed. Well, this is this is now he gets to be Michael Clark when Michael Clark was the same age. Yeah. He gets to come in after Ponting's made a century, hopefully, after, well, probably Warner still back then, yeah. uh, making runs. And then you go, yeah, cool, my time to bat. And then once they retire, he can move on up to a three or four position yeah. and then take over. Before that, you know, he was under a lot of pressure because, A, he was vice-captain and he still is vice-captain. And, B, like, he wants to prove himself. And he's a, he's a natural leader, so, and he's a very, very cricketer, has been for a long time. Yes, he's a bit different. Yes, he's a bit quirky and... It can be frustrating at times, but he's a bloody good cricketer, and I think he's definitely a lock in our test team. Wilson Kawhi is the other one you mentioned is a yeah. lock. Hasn't played a lot of cricket uh, in the last, you know, probably since the Australian summer, four-day stuff or even longer. Yeah. So obviously played all, all white ball cricket and hurt his hamstring. Uh, so he hasn't played any cricket. Yeah. He's only been facing red ball in the nets. Yeah. That's a big worry for me coming up against this quality bowling attack of England without facing, having any match time at all, yes, he's a good player. Yes, he probably should. If he was fit and he played all the World Cup and played one of the two of the tour games, definitely have him in. Yeah. But I'm a bit concerned about him, especially because we know what he's like. He's very uh, laconic sort of player. He's very, you know, relaxed and very tentative, a bit, bit tentative early. He can be a bit lazy with his feet. And I can see him wafting at one, you know, those – but those feet aren't moving, you know, he throws it out, the hands at it out wide and nicking off or getting caught in the crease and being LBW quite early in his innings if, we're not, uh, if he's not 100% on. So that's my big worry. So who would you replace him at three then? I think I, I think Labuschagne should be playing. I really do. He's dominated county cricket. He did really well on that first innings of the Australia versus Australia. Um, is it, adds, to, adds to the fielding, adds, gives us something different with the bowling as well. He's been bowling a lot in... in He's made 500s and 550s in Kangaroo, leading run scorer. And I know it's Div 2, but he's still got to make them. And I think he should be given that crack until Wilson McCawage can have some match time. But 
obviously Langer is uh, backing him in and that's fine and he's going with the team he's going to go with. But um, other than that, the other locks I'm definitely with. I, I think you could almost throw in um, Patterson in there as a lock too now. If he, if he comes out and bowls as well as we did in the white game and what he has been previously, he, he will almost lock himself in. you just got to stay fit. You know he's Victorian, don't you? Yes, I know. Oh, that's that's beautiful. beautiful. I've got, I've got warm, fuzzy feelings. All right, let's work our way down the uh, questionable positions then. So the number two opener, obviously, between Harris or Bancroft. Now, Harris, has he's the incumbent. He's played test cricket. He's averaged 32 in the last 12 months. Um, Strata doesn't matter because he's playing with Warner, so there's no pressure there. He just need to occupy the crease. Only 250s, though, which is a bit of a concern from 11 innings. However, he did come out in the Oz A to a game and rack up a ton in quick succession as well, um, but made not much in the intra game. Whereas Bancroft has played nine games of Div, Div 2 County. Uh, he's averaging 45, made 726 runs. And, of course, he made the uh, now infamous 93 in the intra game, which obviously means the world to Justin Langer because it gives him an excuse. And then Steve Wall came out, and then you know that's why they're going to pick him. If the big statesman of Australian cricket comes out and says he's the best short leg he's ever seen field, which is a lie because he, he played with David Boone. Yeah. So he's seen better short legs. But whatever, for some reason, they're going to try and pick Cam Bancroft. Do you think if and when Bancroft gets picked, that this is more about a PR move, let's put sandpaper down behind us? No, no, no this is favoritism. This has been going on, so... So it's just because he's Langer's son. If you followed cricket in Australia... Which I have. In, in summer... So it is podcast. Yes, you would have seen <laughs> players, like Chris Lynn and there's been other players, come out and say that Langer will pick Bancroft once he's ready to go, once he's fit and ready to go. And even, you know, commentators said it as well. And Engelman have interviewed Langer and he said they've asked for Bancroft. He talks about how much he loves him and how much he wants to book him how much he wants him back in the side. So as soon as he got, as soon as he made that 93 in the second innings of a bloody intra-club game, because his record in first-class cricket this year, you know, yes, he's averaging 45 in, in Div, two. Div 2 County, but Labashane's made nearly double the amount of runs he has batting at three mm-hmm. than what Bancroft has, you know, and he's skipper of that team as well. And Labashane's only played one extra game. So it's not like he's played a whole season in no, Bancroft. He's averaging 65 yeah. and made five and five. Yet Bancroft's struggling and, well, not struggling, but he's not making the impression that Labashane is. Yeah. Also, he barely made a run in, in Shield Creek when he got back and he still has the same issue with his front pad that he did when he, before he went and got banned. So you thought over a year, and Pado is one of those blokes who picked it out in that T20 match when he got him out and said, you've, you've had 12 months off and you still haven't fixed his front pad issue. And somehow he just walked straight back into the test team and Marks Harris is like, see you, mate. Thanks for tug- dug it. Like he, he made a lot of 20s and 30s against India who were bloody good by attack hmm. on you know pretty friendly conditions in Australia. Bancroft never really did much in test cricket. No. He was proven a bit susceptible over in South Africa before he decided to put sandpaper on the ball against the movie ball. I just can't believe, I just can't, cannot fathom how this has happened. This is, this is like when Maxwell and Renshaw came back from the Tour of India before the first test, I think it was against England, and they got dropped for Bancroft was one of them and mm. whoever else came, I think it was Hanson or someone else came in. Even though they're making runs and doing whatever they needed to do in India, they get back to Australia, they get thrown away, or get, they get told they've got to make more runs or something. Maxwell makes nearly you know, 800 runs or whatever it was in the first like five games. Still never gets a chance. 
Wade's the other one, but Wade's made billions of runs. Mm. And only now, because of just pure pressure from probably the fans of Australian <laughs> cricket and the fact that social media is like exploding, he doesn't get picked. He's been picked. He's in a, I'm pretty confident he's playing tomorrow night. But yeah, it just baffles me how Bancroft can just walk back in after everything they've done. And now, if you ever wanted to give the English crowd a bit more motivation, you have all three of them in the mm-hmm. one game. And Denley's going to come out. Not that Denley could probably talk because he's done not much in his international career, but he said, like, we're going to encourage it. We're going to, we're going to be cheering the crowd on to get into sucking them about the sandpaper stuff. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You mentioned uh, Wade and also Labuschagne. Just, so, quickly, sorry. On, just quickly on that with the, the crowd abuse. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember in the T20, the BBL, when he first came back and played, mm-hmm. he copped it in the first few games mm-hmm. and he was very, very tentative and nervous and actually commented about it. So how do you think he's going to go on a test match against England? But now he's now he's partaking in his mindfulness. Oh, the guy! It, it, I can't. It just. It, I was confident Australia would win this test and win this series. The fact that we've picked Bancroft and we're going back to being. We haven't picked him yet. They're going to pick him. They're going to pick him. The, the, the fact we're going back to being a boys' club, and it's the issues that we had previously with Lehman are still ongoing because of Liam. So the second spot up for grabs. So we think to to round it out, we we would pick Harris. Give him first crack at number two. Yeah. But we think Bancroft will be picked in about six hours' time. Yeah, definitely. All right. The second spot up for Graves mine's number six. And I think from the squad there are three blokes. So Mitch Marsh, Matthew Wade, and Manus Labuschagne. Uh, we've already mentioned all of uh, Labu's stats. So he's made just buckloads of runs in the Div 2 team. But, you know, you've got to make hundreds. He's making hundreds. 500s, 550s, average of 65. And, you know, he didn't. He didn't set the world on fire in his five tests so far this year, but he was there. He didn't look out of place. He looked like he could handle the stick at the top to, level. He got thrown to the wolves against India. He did. Batting at three. Yeah, when he said, oh, yeah, probably about six all-rounder. Yeah. No, and, no, have a, have a crack at three. Yeah, and he's, he did what he needed to do again, and, but I think he's a, he's a cricketer we should be working with. Uh, Wade is... Wade's, runs on runs. Wade should be locked in. Weight of runs should have seen Wade picked at six. Yeah. And if, of course... Speaking of boys' club, there is always a marsh quota to be had. If he gets picked, I will seriously spew. How can we? Uh, I've always said on this podcast, I actually rate his bowling in these sorts of conditions. And so this is this is where he might get picked though, because Langer's come out and said, "Oh, this pitch not it's it's got grass, but it's not very green. No, it's actually it's very, hard. It's yeah, very it's, dry underneath, yeah. so it could dry out. That suits a, a bowler of, of uh, marsh's yeah. kind of qualities." We've only got the one spinner. I've, I've said all along, if you don't pick Siddle, you might as well pick Mitch Marsh instead. Instead of Siddle? Yeah, I've, I've, said, I've said this on this podcast before. You're going to bowl as a bowler, yeah, and you Marsh bat, instead bat, of Siddle. Bat at seven or eight, yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's a bit ridiculous. No, it's, it's actually ridiculous. Siddle. That's, 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 just, that's just blatant Victorian hate from you. If Siddle plays, you'll be absolute cannon fodder. All right, so we'll move on. So we think from there, Wade takes the sixth spot, hopefully. Yeah, Wade. We, we would pick Wade. Wade, yeah. So you wouldn't even pick Labuschagne to get him in the side at six? Not ahead of Wade, no. Okay. If Labuschagne plays... He yeah, should bat three. He bats at three, yeah. yeah. Which is where he's been making all his runs. All right, then on to the contentious pace bowlers. And what a good problem to have. So we've had uh, Cummins and Lyon as our locks, and then you had Patterson on the edge of being a lock as well. And that's backed up by his stats so far. So County did one county. He's taken eight wickets from three games. But then he's just turned it on both in the tour games and the Shield so uh, last season. So 26 wickets from seven games at 18s 
in best domestic competition in the world. And then uh, he tore the uh, both the intra squad and the tour games apart. He's taken basically eleven wickets in the last couple of days. So he's in form, on fire, and bowling absolute frightening gas. So he'll get picked. And then it gets tricky. So we've got Mitch Stark, who you could pick on history. He's taken twenty nine wickets in the last twelve months in Test cricket. Yep. That's pretty good. Josh Hazelwood, you'd pick on history, but he, I think he's out of form. And if you think about cannon fodder, I'd have him as more cannon fodder than Siddle. I think he's a lengthy bowler, so you have to bowl, he has to bowl a bit fuller in England. Mm. The, the, the length sort of stuff, uh, like he does in Australian editions and, and South Africa and stuff, it doesn't work in England. You need to be a bit fuller because of the, the way the decks are. And if he's worked on that, he, he, he knows that. He can be, you know, he's a bit like Brendan McGrath in a lot of ways, the way he bowls, that sort of style. Hits the deck, nibbles it a bit. Um, well, I don't think he has learned because right, he's bowled just shy of 50 overs so far in England and he's taken two wickets. Yeah. So I, so you couldn't pick him on form. You could pick him on history. You'd say he's been our one of our best test bowlers the last four years. Yeah. We should pick him because he should get first crack, but I don't I don't think he's knocking the house down. Siddle would be the guy to replace him with. So he's taken – he took 26 wickets in seven games in last year's Shield. He's taken 34 wickets in eight games in Div 1 County this year at an average of 20, and he's taken five wickets in the intra-club game. Like, on form, he's there. He's taking wickets in England. He's taking so many wickets in England. No. He's taken all the wickets in England. No. Um, Based on what, though? You've seen him. You've, you, watch, you watch Kenny Cricket. You've seen him take test-level polls. I've seen Leach take wickets as well in Kenny Cricket. It says a lot about some of the bowling and, and batting. But now the Max Leach, mate. He's, got, he's now England's best player. For me, if you got Patterson and Cummins, yeah, and Nathan Lyon, you need some. You need something different. You need uh, Stark has to play. Now, I'm not a fan of Stark in in Test cricket. I think he's very overrated as a Test Test bowler. He hasn't really. He's a white ball bowler. He bowls fully, bowls short. Yeah, and you know, Hazelwood, I reckon, probably needs his wake up call a bit and. You know, he averages over 30 with the ball the last five months in Test cricket, which obviously doesn't help when you've been struggling <laughs> playing teams with the batsmen, you know, without Smith and Warner, they're struggling to make runs. So he's spending a lot of time in the field as well. But And even uh, Stark, you know, he's edging up towards 30 as well in the last five months. I couldn't have Nessie. You can't, you, you wouldn't, yeah, you'd never be able to sell me on Nessa. Um I just I didn't even mention him. He's in the squad. I don't know why he's in the squad, but uh, he's there. He took wickets. He took four far in that intra-club game. And, like, you know, if Bancroft's 93 is, is good enough to get him selected, then don't be surprised if we see Mark Nessa's name on the, on the team sheet come. Even as 12th man, who would know? I'd pick Stark and just tell him he's got three or four overs a spell. He's in a bowl of rapid Yorkers. Would you open with him? No. Cummins and Patterson open. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd bowl... Stark in three, four, maybe five spells. Tony Bowl quick and full stumps, the odd bouncer. Uh, rough up the, the wicket as well for line. Um, and yeah, he'd just be a bit of a variation, something a bit different because obviously Pato and Cummins bowl, you know, 140, 145 roughly. Yeah. Uh, and so the bit of difference is the guy that bowls 149. Yeah, but he's also left handed, so he comes from a different angle. And he, he can swing the ball in. So it just gives him something, something a bit different in a yeah. bowling attack. Um, it was Siddle, look. I can't have a bloke, unless you're Vernon Philander or James Anderson, I can't have a bloke by 125, 120. But he is, on those on those stats, he could be James Anderson. No, he can't. No. He's taken 
40 wickets you're not gonna, in you're, nine games. I'm not going to change my mind, mate. I'm sold. I'm sold. Sil <laughs> should retire about four years ago from Test cricket. And he's still taking bulk pulls. He has first class cricket. There's a big gap between the two. We've seen that. Lots of players come and go. Yeah. From, from, yeah he's done it before in England. He's done it before in the Ashes. No. Peter Siddle has on his birthday. Don't forget that. Yeah, that was in Australia. Anyway, so yeah, I, I'd, just, I'd go with Stark on pure, pure variation alone. Just something different to our buying attack. All right. Fair enough. We won't always agree, and that's what makes this always good fun. So I've got my uh, Aussie 11 for tomorrow. It's Warner, Harris, Kawaja, Smith, Head, Wade, Payne, Cummins, Patterson, Siddle, and Lyon. So I've, the only difference in mine is uh, Stark. That's yeah. probably my only difference. And, and maybe uh, Labashane for Kawaja, but I'm going to back look Kawaja's uh, experience and, and everything in, but I, if he fails in both innings, and so does Bancroft, my mind might explode and I might have to. So what's Bancroft's leash here? Does he get one test, five tests? Well, you can't pick him and get rid of him after one test. He, I reckon he'll play the series no matter how he does. But Langer needs to be prepared that if he fails and Australia don't win, that back here the media and, and people are going to hit the shits and hit the fan. Oh, the media hit the, hit the fan over there. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think this is, a, again, this is a very winnable series for Australia and you know, we, we should really win this series. I think our buying attack is – the bowls we've got this side is, is unbelievable. We've got, our batting is actually in form with Smith and Waterback. It, just, it looks like an Australian test team again. Yeah, it does. Um, and yeah, I just think with the, the way that England set up, uh, their top five or six are very, very flaky. You know, Roots have to bat at three now. Denley's going to four. I mean, you saw the openers. Uh, I think Roy's probably still going to open maybe. I'm not sure. Um you saw the other opener. Yeah, so Rory Burns. So we'll look at the squad now. England squad, uh, Root, Ali, Anderson, Archer, Bearstow, Broad, Burns, Butler, Curran, Denley, Roy, Stokes, Stone and Wokes. And uh, the openers will be Rory Burns and uh, Mr. Jason Roy, who somehow goes from never playing test cricket to suddenly being the England opener. Right. But uh, Root, uh, Root is another one of the most favorite cricketers in all time. Anyway... Hang on. The, the top three. Yeah. Root is the most overrated cricket of all One time. One of the most overrated. What? How can he? Because he just gets 40s and 50s, mate. He makes, you know, he gets 60s. He averages over 50. Would you, so you're saying you'd rather a bloke that doesn't average. He gives you, he literally is a robot that just goes 55 rounds. Like, guaranteed. You, there is like, cricket is the most hard to predict thing in the history of sport. And this bloke like a metronome guarantees you 55 runs. I can't. He gets talked about in the, in the Smith, in the Coley region. Because he rocks up every game no, and makes 55 runs. No, nowhere near in that, in that category. And, yeah. Okay, he's nowhere near in, in Smith's category. And, shout out, and shout, out to, shout out to the stats man, Oliver Fitzpatrick, who just uh, published a paper today that shows that Smith just makes runs for fun once he's in. You've got to get him at like before 17. If he doesn't make 17 runs, you're done. Smith's making 100. Yep. Whereas, yes, guys like Root don't do that. Coley is a match winner. Is Root a match winner? No. No. But he just, he's a, he's a robot. He's a robot that oh, you, you build around Root. Will Root. Will Root win this series for England? No. No. But it's, he will give them the Edith platform. Will, Edith will Denley, Roy. Oh, no, that's harsh to compare Root to Denley and Roy. Well, no, Denley's this guy that's done nothing, and Jason Roy's a hack. So, like. They're top, and Stokes is the one that's probably for me, he's going to be the one to watch, and obviously Butler. Bearstow's a bit out of form as well. Their bowling is, you know, is obviously pretty good. Jimmy, um, Ollie Stewart-Broad, 
Chris Wokes, so that's the three quicks. That they obviously pick Ali as their spinner. I reckon that's the – well, he's been taking wickets and he's, a, he's had a good test career. I reckon that might be the weakness. Wokes or Ali. Ali. Yeah. So they've got, they got a really good pace buying attack and Stokes obviously comes into that. Whether he's carrying injury or not because he's not buying a lot at the moment. He did buy a lot at the World Cup. You know, Sam Curran's another one that adds a lot to that team. So – and then, yeah, their the batting for me is a, is a real issue and I, I think that's something that we can capitalise on. If, whichever team's bowling unit rocks up on the day, and I, hopefully it's Australia's, and it's whichever team's, I think our batting lineup is a lot stronger than England's. Mm. I was a lot, say, and a lot more settled. Yeah, Even I'll, if Bancroft does come I was going to say, is it too simple to say that this series will be determined by whether Steve Smith or Joe Root make more runs? I think if, if Smithy makes runs, then England are in all sorts because it means we'll be making scores. It, it, and you just said Root, and he, you know, Root's history is he, he, he makes fifty. Yeah, but he doesn't make big hundreds. Smith makes big hundreds. He makes, yeah, and bats time and puts lays foundations and wins yeah. games. As, as Root, well, you know, you say he makes fifty five every game. He makes fifty five versus the England team might only make two hundred still. Hmm. As if Smith makes you know eighty to one hundred and fifty, we're making three fifty four hundred. Hmm. So, um, and I think you know with Warner coming back in, and, and we spoke about head already, and and, and uh, Wade, I think our batting lineup is a lot stronger. Yeah, it looks like an actual but Australian test. Literally, England, England could be four or five, but not many after 15 overs. Hmm. It will depend a lot on weather conditions and, tra- and the track and stuff. Because we've seen, obviously, the Island Test match, we saw our day one ball was doing plenty. Day two, sun was out, ball did nothing. Day three, the ball was going sideways around corners and everything again. So, it could be very weather dependent. There's meant to be uh, two or three days of rain at Edgebaston. Uh, so the first two days are fine. I think it's wet and uh, a bit how you going for the last three days. It's already been pretty wet lead up to this test match, which is why everyone's surprised about how dry it is and how hard it is. It's probably you know bouncy sort of Australian sort of wicket, but it's never going to be an Australian style wicket, don't you? We saw that in the semi as well. We yeah. played on the pitch next to this one in yeah. the semi and we got done by all the movement which is why maybe Kawaja's at three is not the best idea. Yeah. So I still think we win. I don't think this is the strongest side. Obviously, Archer probably won't play this this test, but he might come in later in a series. It's still, you know, Anderson might not be 100% yet either, so does he play? I think if he doesn't play that... Well, he trained today and he, he trained well, in inverted commas, yeah. whatever that means in the English press, but I think he'll play. You don't want to risk him also test one of a five-test series... But you also don't want to go. Te- you don't want to go a test down. Yeah, that's right. But if, there's, if the rain is forecast for the last three days, are we going to get a result here? So that's well, based off the island game, we could if we. <laughs> if I was Tim Payne, I'd almost be tempted to do the Ricky Ponting and bowl first. No, never. Unless it's absolutely never bowl first. Did you see that? Literally, Ireland almost stole the game off England by bowling first. Yeah, but they didn't. I know they didn't because they're Ireland. They, they got crack. bowled out for thirty-eight. Yeah, seconds, because sorry. they're no good. Make the best of the conditions batting first, mate. Um, yeah. All right, so match betting for the first uh, game. England are $1.97 favourites as we speak. Australia, $2.50 outside as the draw, $6.90. Uh, would you nibble with Australia there? I would. I'll, I'll wait to see what the deck is actually going to be like. And, uh, and the actual and, 11. And the, and the actual 11 and the toss before I did. But as it stands, I would be, be pretty confident in Australia at least uh, – Give it a good old shake, so... Yep. Yeah, and then the series, uh, England is at $1.91, Australia $2.30, and a drawn series $7.50. It won't be a drawn series. I, I really think Australia's uh, probably been patriotic here, but I think Australia should win this series. And, yeah. You know, 
Oh, I reckon I reckon it'd be three one with a draw. You can always count on rain in England. There we go. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be a fiery test too. Like with Warner, especially Wade. Yeah, it can be a bit of an annoying prick. And you got Patterson, and you got Lyon doesn't mind the chirp as well. I reckon a bit of the old Australian uh, bravado might be. But bad. you know what? Against the English, bring it on. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah. this is what it means. This is this is if we. If we as a cricket nation and cricket itself thinks that this is still the most legit pinnacle of the sport, then you want to see him care. You yeah. want to see him be a little bit aggro and want to win. We don't want to see him cheat. We don't want to see him try and kill each other. Yeah. But, like, we want to see him care. And that's what a bit of niggle is. A bit of, a bit of gamesmanship. Forget sportsmanship. Yeah. That, well, that will happen there. Tim Payne's there. Most clean-cut, professional, nice man in the history of the sport. The rest of them can do what they like, and he'll play. And Warner will be clean as well because he's clean. He's, yeah, he's yeah. now back at the clean yeah, skin yeah. wine bottles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. Three ones probably on the on the money. Maybe probably two one with two draws. Who knows? But uh, yeah, the the number one thing for England here is their bats have not played long form cricket in a very long time. Only two of their top seven or their potential top seven have played any form of red ball cricket since February twelve. So uh, they could be in for a very very tough time. All right, we'll round out the pod with our little super over here. Just some other stuff in cricket news. So the first one, the World Test Championship. Uh, Yay, nay, or meh. So basically the deets are that we can test it over two-year cycles, starting with this Ashes Test Series, ending in March uh, 2021. Uh, It involves three Test Series home and away for each nation participating. And then there's a quite convoluted points scoring system where uh, you essentially get 120 points per series, and then you divide them up by the number of matches in that series. Yeah. So it uh, seems a bit weird that you get more for winning in a two-game series than you do in a five-game series, but sure, whatever. have to make it work because not everyone can afford to play five-game tests. Uh, what do you think about this new form? Love it. It's great. means uh, also means a lot more test cricket will hopefully be played, now, especially by the Indians, and I think it also brings the, the minnows into a bit more as well. Oh, yeah, I just love the format. Like, it should be there for one day cricket as well. It should be there for T20 cricket. It should be there for every, you know, they, that means they always got to play for something. There's yeah. no dead rubbers. There's no dead games that you can play. You know, when uh, India play Afghanistan, they bring in you know, five blokes that get dropped the next game. Uh, England plays on, same sort of thing. They had two or three blokes that were no chance of playing in the first test, but they gave them a crack. Nearly backfired, mm-hmm. which means... Teams will play their strongest teams more often. So I love it. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I'm all for it. Awesome. All right. Things that we might also love is the new BBL format. Uh, so it's a five-team final series that's being introduced. Uh, and they've all got different names. So there's the Eliminator, the Qualifier, the Knockout, the Challenger, and, of course, the final play for two weekends as well. Uh, it also means that the home and away season is slightly shorter and the uh, actual whole game season is only two games longer. Um, so the top five make it through. First place goes straight through to uh, a qualifying game against second place, and then the winner of that, kind of like football's old football system, if you, yep. if you know anything about 1950s football. Um, thoughts on this and how that BBL plays out compared to last season? Uh, love it. It's fantastic. They've made it two weeks shorter, so it means that I won't be getting bored after 20 games. also means that uh, hopefully – 
the way that they've got it formatted with the, 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 the and the amount of games over a couple of weekends near the end of the season, hopefully means the it's still alive. Mm-hmm. So the, the comp's still alive for the finals and it makes it a bit more interesting. No dead rubbers at the end of the year like there was last year. And I think the final series is great as well because you've got teams like Hobart um, and like the Stars of previous years or even the Scorchers who have dominated and gone out in the first final. Uh, and it gives them another chance because obviously the knockout doesn't always reward the best team throughout the tournament. So that's good. And I'm all for it again. I think Big Australia have done a lot of things right in the last uh, week and a half with the fixturing and stuff like that. So, and that's the last one here is uh, the domestic season fixture came out as well. Uh, and so there's been a change to the uh, one day well, one day and Sheffield Shield names. It's now called the Marsh Cup and the Marsh Sheffield Shield. Just, just in case you uh, ever thought we needed some more marshmallow life, we've got yeah. some. It is, it's, it's got more to do with like JLT being bought out by some company, not to do with any of the Marsh families related to Australian cricket, but it is very funny nonetheless. Uh, the notable change is that now the uh, one day tournament is spread out a little bit into uh, three chunks. Uh, the first played by itself as a prelude to the Sheffield Shield and then the second and third playing during the first half of the Sheffield Shield season uh, with the final in late November. And most of the games are going to be played on uh, actual international-sized fields. So you won't yeah. get the Mickey Mouse games to remind. You'll get a couple early doors because of the football and that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, most of our domestic cricket will be back uh, where it should be on the proper fields so that if you do get the call-up from your list day or your first-class games, you know what it feels like to play on a proper size field, which it probably makes sense. Oh, again, this is fantastic. It's it's not a Mickey Mouse tournament start of the, the season like it was last few years on subpar uh, conditions, and people will get interested in not competing with the footy either as much. Mm-hmm. So people will get involved, and I hope it's going to be on Foxtel as well, so it's great. Um, yeah, again, like I said, Cricket Australia done so many things right with the fixturing and stuff for the upcoming season. If only they could have put the right uh, bloke in charge of your cricket team and the right selectors in charge would be fine. So no, that'll be next year, baby steps. One thing each year. But, yeah, this is – it's been a really good week for Australian cricket with what they've done uh, for the game here, uh, with, you know, even the women's uh, BBL and stuff like that. And, and their their, chef, their domestic season has been revamped and looks really, really good. So it's great work by Cricket Australia. Maybe just uh, just give Dizzy Gillespie a call and get him on the phone and just swap him out for Langer. Well, he's over there at time, so maybe they'll do that halfway through. That would be a great little uh, selection change. Monday's experts always know what's best, always tell you what you should have done. Monday's experts always know what's cooking, how the game was lost and how it could have been won. One more thing before we go, Baz. Time to give the people what they want. So... It is renowned amongst our career club that you like to get a little bit tipsy sometimes and make audacious bets, yep. which often involves slabs to many, many people yep. that never actually show up. Yep. So I think right now my tally on your bets is two slabs and $1,000. Yep. So let's go big time. Let's go to the Shout the Bar bet. By the end of the Ashes series, what is your big Shout the Bar bet that if you lose – you have to buy whichever of our listeners rock up at the Yorkshire Hotel a pint, <laughs> and if and if you win, well then when they rock up, we'll have a we'll have a little post ashes shindig down there. The sponsors are yeah. establishment. We have to buy you a pint. All right, um, I actually haven't thought of one. So, but I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you a couple. I reckon Bancroft won't make more than hundred runs this whole series. Yep. Uh, I think Smith will dominate. 
Mm-hmm. I think Pattinson's going to dominate. And uh, by the end of the Test Series, Labuschagne would have made a Test 100. All right, there we go. So we'll go, So the two there, I reckon, because the two soft ones, Smith will dominate, Pattinson will dominate. They're pretty soft, but yeah. So Bancroft to make less than 100 runs. For the series. For the series. Labuschagne to make a Test Century by the end of the Ashes series. There you two. And then we'll use the uh, middle two of Smith and Patterson as a tiebreaker in case it's 1-1. But get on down to the Yorkshire Hotel, watch the cricket there. We'll be there as well. And at the end of the series, we'll have a bit of a blowout shindig. That'll be around about the start of the uh, cricket season for us as well. So a little welcome to the Nuffy season. Welcome to the domestic season. Welcome back to the Aussie summer. And uh, we'll do it in class and style. But we'll be watching and we'll be back probably after each test, I reckon. So yeah, okay, each test. We'll just... Uh... Cruise on back in and give some more hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then have fun. <laughs> <laughs>